Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome everyone. We're continuing to discuss Second Peter in our morning Bible study. We're happy you're here to join us. Promise, can you pray for us? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for showing us your instructions and not allowing people to add or take away from what you've told us. And just not allowing people to thwart your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, we know the word cannot be thwarted, Mm -hmm. but it will will accomplish all the Lord has purposed. Mm -hmm. So, amen. Um, With that, we are continuing our study in 2 Peter. Um, Could I get a volunteer to read from verses 12 through 15, please? I will. All right, Layla. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. Mm -hmm. So... As we normally do, I want to open the floor up to you guys first to to share what the Holy Spirit is ministering to you, and or to ask any questions that you have. All right. Okay. Okay. Who would like to begin? I will. I found it interesting when Peter was talking about his death. How he wasn't concerned about himself, but he was more so concerned about people um, that didn't have. He's more concerned about the people that he was currently talking to. He wasn't concerned about his own body and that matter, but he was thinking more so about the people. And it just reminded me of when we're in First Peter, how he was talking about being a leader and not doing that out of obligation, but doing it willingly. You can see that Peter was willing to go through all the stuff in order for others to be built up and edified and counted a joy to be able to do exactly as his master had done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good point, sir. It does. It kind of reminds me of Elijah when he had to prepare Elisha to take his place. Mm-hmm. He had to find him first, go to him, then um, teach him and show him how to walk with the Lord and things of that nature and prepare him for when Elijah would be taken up to go home. Jesus and Elisha would be then fully in the role of the prophet that Elijah had previously been in. So it does certainly remind me of that um, that instance. And also, I believe Peter understood to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. Amen. And so while he was watching the, the word that Jesus had spoke to him draw near to him, he was watching it start to form up, you know, when you have a prophetic word, it begins to take shape and you see pieces coming into alignment. Plus the Holy spirit bears witness with our spirit. He never leaves us in the dark about what's going on when we're listening to him. He's always sharing information, preparing us, showing us things to come. So as he's watching that take shape, he also has to come into that. Hey, I'm going to go home to be with the Lord because I'm walking in the steps of everything he already told me was going to happen. I see it coming into alignment as we speak, but these other people are going to still have to struggle, if you will. They will still be here in the flesh and be required to continue their journey towards the Lord Jesus Christ, where at the moment that, you know, the Apostle Peter is separated from his tent, from his physical body, he's on his way, you know, to be with the Lord, and it's all but done for him. So all that's left is the great white throne, throne judgment and mm-hmm. but otherwise his election has already been confirmed at that point it's it's solidified so we're choosing exactly unless the lord grants 
you know, <laughs> someone to come to life again to make that choice. But for him, he had already made his choice. So him realizing that is, I think it's very loving for him to go, hey, you know, my, my journey's coming to its conclusion and <laughs> in, in this, this realm, you know, this, exactly. this way of living. And for you guys, you're going to have to keep going on. So you need the information. Mm-hmm. I was reminded of two things. Um, one, uh, Moses in Deuteronomy, but then also my Pepe. Um, towards the, the end of his, of his life, Whose life? Oh, my Pepe's life, or grandfather. Um, you know, it, well, I'll say through the course of his life and my part in that, um, at that time period of relationship, he he definitely taught me a lot of things, and uh, just about life. And yes, of course, there were skills, there were there were other things that he taught, trades and and all those those things, which were wonderful. But as I reflect, towards the end, he really spent time, uh, when we got together, yes, we'd do fun stuff. We'd watch hockey games and, and all that and play cards or, or whatever else. But there was, in the midst of whatever we were doing, there was a lot of, I'll say, repetition of various principles or, or aspects, lessons in life that he had taught over the years, if you will. And uh, just like we were all saying, so you see that played out in the natural. And now, um, and I also say that about Moses, which you really see in Moses' life in Deuteronomy 30, right? Actually, 29 and, and so on. But he's, that is Moses, is almost reiterating, summarizing all the lessons and teachings that he has given over the course of his life now to this, I'll say new generation, but essentially what will be his grandkids, uh, right? Because these uh, individuals, parents were not able to enter into the kingdom or the promised land, excuse me. They were not enter, able to enter into the promised land. So he is with all diligence, passing on all the lessons that they have received throughout or and observed throughout their their life up to this point and their walk preparing them for when he goes away um, and you like I said you really see that in or I really see that in chapter 30 as a passing down of, of knowledge or a reiteration and then in some of the chapters after that, uh, 31 and 32 and there's also the establishment if you will of practice these things do these these things right so he establishes that the the book of the law the first five books of the bible the torah the pentateuch are to be read every seven years right as a reminder like mm. and he just keeps i'll say i'll say it in this way establishing things but then reminding them you do this right to remind yourself of the lessons that you've been taught and that you've seen and observed in him mm-hmm. but then it's your duty and your responsibility to carry that out even after he's gone mm-hmm. right so you know whether it's in the natural like i said we'll say for example my pepe or you see it even in, in the word when we've brought up a lot of great examples but even moses right it's a the principle still the same it's I want to ensure that you continue to grow and develop spiritually or mature Mm -hmm. in the things of the Lord, spiritually as well as naturally maturing, and that you're also able to instruct the generations after you. Mm -hmm. Right? Leaving that, that is the legacy. Leave, and all the other things are great, whether it's money or whatever else is contained within the will, right? Or a will. But first and foremost, that your salvation and election in christ is made more sure right that you have surety so so you see that that same concept here just reiterated throughout the word and uh, you know like i'm encouraged by this but then also you know you can see the the concern 
throughout each of these individuals, right? Will they remain faithful? Will they, will they want first remain, but then will they continue to be faithful? Right? You see it in Moses. You, you see it even in Elijah. Oh, you ask a hard thing. You ask a difficult thing. Right? Moses was just very blunt, and he's like, no, you won't do the things that are written down and that you've been taught, even though they've been instructed and you've seen them. He, he was very, just very direct about it. You could, and he says, why? You didn't do it while I was here. How can I expect that you'll do it while I'm gone? And, and you know, and I think that's a, that's a very bold and very direct statement, but it's something that we should, uh, should resonate with us. Are we doing now all that we have been taught and instructed and admonished and encouraged and trained and equipped to do with the Lord, with the leading of his Holy Spirit and by other brothers and sisters who, you know, are mature and pillars in the faith? Or are we going against that? And if we are, let's, let's bring that back under the Lord under the blood, we'll repent from that and turn from those things. Because as we were just pointing out yesterday, they're all for our good, to be profitable and to be fruitful in the Lord. That is what he purposed, right? That we would remain in him and that we would bear much fruit and that the fruit would remain. So these things are important for us. Or they should be. And if we don't have that perspective, uh, I think we should examine ourselves and, and really look at our perspective or worldview. Because mm-hmm. it shouldn't be about our perspective. It should be about the Lord's. Do we have his perspective on things? What things matter to the Lord? Because those are the things that should matter to us. Chapter 30, what, what book were you talking about? In- I was in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Okay. Okay. Uh, you see sure it in, in previous chapters, Deuteronomy 29 and, and all those things, but I really focus on 30 because um, in, in 29 he, he spells out again, like, hey, here's, here's the benefits of the blessing, but then here's also the curse, depending on which way you walk in. And Deuteronomy 29, 29 is, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may do them, or sorry, that we may do all the words in this law. And then in 30, he just keeps reiterating it, right? And I set before you life and death and, and all those, those things. But ultimately, it is for us that to come into his covenant, right? In, 20, in chapter 29, the covenant's renewed, and even in 29, you hear the purpose and the will of the Lord, right? Oh, 29, 13, that he may establish you today as a people for himself, and that he may be God to you. He is our God, and we are his people, right? That is the covenant, ultimately. And there are other things associated with that. But that is what's at the core, and you find that throughout the entirety of the word. And, and Moses, in all these chapters, is just... Reiterating, choose life, choose the Lord, choose the Lord, walk in his ways in full. And, and you see that same thing expressed, well, throughout the entirety of the word, but the Peter is also, and what we covered yesterday especially, he's saying, get this, walk in this way, in this manner, exhibiting the nature and the character and the attributes of Christ through his Holy Spirit in and through your life dispensing the fragrant aroma of in Christ throughout the entire world. Amen. Thank you, honey. Yep. Thank you very much. You know, the most important inheritance we can pass down to our children is what you, you said, honey, is the true knowledge of who God is and having and maintaining divine relationship with him, genuine heartfelt relationship, because in it you access the wisdom of God, you access the love of God, the grace and the peace of God, and the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. Amen. So God adds no sorrow with it. So if we have one inheritance to leave, let it be that, a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, a true and deep and 
intimate relationship with him uh-huh. and all the other things will be added. Right? Yep. And it's good to leave yes. those. No, not, not uh, forsaking those or shit. Right. An like inheritance for an inheritance, children. whether it's money, houses, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, th- those are all great. Also be- blessings, but benefits. But what's the point of gaining those things and then spending an eternity separated from our Lord and Savior in hell? Mm-hmm. And I said, if you have to choose one, that means place your value and right. your high esteem on the most important things. Because as we already know, that when we seek first the kingdom of God Amen. and his righteousness, all these other things are added, added unto us. So likewise, as God adds it to us, and he knows what he says is a blessing to leave That's an inheritance. It. Absolutely. But he didn't say an inheritance of money. No. Or cars or lands or treasures. Uh, he said leave an inheritance. He, he said that we are a kingdom of kings and priests. But if we look even at the priesthood under Leviticus, they, it wasn't about earthly things. Why? It says because the Lord was their portion. The Lord was their inheritance. So the other thing, not that they shirked those responsibilities, right? Because you can read that throughout Scripture, how the Levites did have lands and they had houses and, and whatnot, right? However, the thing that they were supposed to leave and that was their inheritance was the Lord. Mm-hmm. Why should it be any difference for us? Amen. As the Word says, we are a kingdom of kings and priests. So who else has something they, that the Holy Spirit is ministering to them that they want to share? I do, just really quickly with Peter in this section, we see him with the fruit of the Spirit, we see patience. I know for myself, um, maybe three or four times of repeating the same thing over to my siblings, and then I'm short, and that's it, but Peter... <laughs> <laughs> Like, he just took the whole hay bale at that point. But Peter, he lived his life as when Jesus called him to be an apostle up until the time of his death. He was patient with it. He didn't say, how long are you stupid people going to be stupid? Like, don't you get this already? Mm-hmm. And Jesus wasn't like that either. He spoke in parables. He never called the Pharisees stupid because they didn't understand. But he said, how long must I bear with you? He was still patient and kind and long-suffering. He didn't start getting upset and angry and knocking everybody against the bricks so neither should we we should but what is that that statement how long must i bear with you well you can because does paul say something similar yes what does he he does he goes okay how long must i bear with this generation with these people you're saying you should have received this by now you should understand this by now right you should you yourself should be teachers but yet we're still here on the on the milk of the word, like the, the infantile, the beginning things, right? Yes. So it's an admonishment. Hey, get this. Like, you don't have it right yet. Mature. Grow. So it's not this negative connotation or that some look at those statements. or It is negative in the, in the sense that it hasn't been received or understood yet, right? Yes. That is negative. But what's being said is more loving and more of a, again, an, an admonishment. Get this. It is vital. Come up, right? Elevate your, your perspective, your thinking. Right? Yes. And, and we all need that. Every one of us at every level. We all need that. So it, it's an admonishment to all of us to fully receive what the Lord is giving us, to ask him to, to help us to understand and, and gain his perspective, right? As all the things that we were literally just discussing in Second Peter 5 through 11 yesterday, right? It, it matters. It's important. You should be growing and abounding in those things. So that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And Jesus did display, he was angry with them at times, and the Bible states such, but we know that it wasn't fleshly anger. It was righteous indignation, Amen. which he is entitled to. And if the Holy Spirit is stirring that up, he's entitled to do that. And so we know that it wasn't an unrighteous fleshly anger or him violating the law of love because then he would have been flawed, right? And not yes. 
qualified to be the spotless, um, blameless lamb, the propitiation for our sins. So thank you. Mm-hmm. What else? And Lord show me in first second Peter, sorry, verse twelve where it says for the through the rest of the section we read For this reason I might not be negligent I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am this tent to stir you up by remaining you, knowing that surely I must put off my tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I must be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. The Lord showed me that, like with the first verse, that P- Peter wasn't going, well, I'm about to die, so... Why do I have to admonish you now? But he said, no, I'm not going to go slack off right now. I'm going to keep and continue to do what the Lord told me and mm-hmm. be diligent. Mm-hmm. So, so you mean Peter didn't retire from <laughs> ministry? Yes, and that he didn't weep and go, oh, woe was me. Why don't you guys, why don't some of you t- people try to get me from getting killed? Mm-hmm. And not allowing the flesh to set in, but go, fending it off, mm-hmm. and going, no, I'm gonna do what the Lord showed me and told me to do. Yeah. Do you remember Peter when he said to Jesus, when Jesus was telling them about the plan and the destiny God had for him to be crucified and die? Yes. What did, what did Peter do? You're, he practically said, "You're not gonna die." Okay, go ahead, tell me, Layla. Far be it from you that uh, such a thing would ever come upon you. Okay. So, right? <laughs> he tried, and then Jesus said what? Get behind me, Satan. That's right. Jesus had to rebuke him for that very thing. Uh-huh. Because he was looking at natural, he was looking with natural eyes at a spiritual per- situation, right? Yes. And not able to perceive that Jesus was going to do the perfect will of God and anything less of that would be sin. And ungodly, but now in this, as you said, promise he wasn't going to save me. Everybody pray to the Lord that I won't die. Right? Pardon my voice. He he fully accepted what was coming. Mm -hmm. Looking ahead, just like our Lord and Savior, to the greater thing, the re-entry into the heavenly community. Mm. (laughs) Right? Amen. Glorious time. Amen. So... Uh, of course, he wasn't, uh, I'll say, in, in the flesh, right? No one wants to die. No, the but it was, right? Resist against it. It by, does. By its design. After we, after Adam and Eve sinned, they were given the self-preservation. And that's it, yep. Because the glory was not covering them anymore. Mm-hmm. They understood they were naked. Now they were vulnerable. So Jesus had to clothe them with uh, mm-hmm. what was right to preserve them. And exactly. Part of that is our natural instinct to survive. But Peter was accepting what needed to happen, mm-hmm. right? And buffeting his flesh. That's it. To go along. He even chopped the man's ear off <laughs> when they came to arrest Jesus in the exactly. garden. Right? Yes. And Jesus said, no, permit it to be so. Here, put his ear back on and put that sword away. He who mm-hmm. lives by the sword dies by the sword. He did say that. Absolutely. So he's come, Peter has come a long way from that. 30, whatever years later. How many years? However it was, right? 25, 30 years, something something to that effect. Okay. So, but you see, even in Peter, right, the growth and maturity. Now this is, again, Peter, who walked with the Lord, was taught directly by him as we we all can have that opportunity. Not by Christ in the flesh, but through his Holy Spirit. Right? But look throughout the word. All these leaders... In the body of Christ, the outcome is quite often the same. And I don't mean about the death part, but I mean their maturity, right? Yes. Whether it's Daniel, whether it's Samuel, 
there's a maturity that they reach and, and a mindset that they have that we, well, you first see it in Christ. That's the pattern example, right? So you see the fullness. You see it perfected there. But we should all be in pursuit of that. That should be a desire. And that first comes with loving the Lord, Him being our God, we being His people, His servants, mm-hmm. and then desiring to be pleasing or obedient to Him as a result of our love for Him, that we are only, in fact, reciprocating the love that He first gave us. Mm-hmm. So. Amen. That was it. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Can we get a, a volunteer to read verses 16 through the end of the chapter? I will. Go ahead, Layla. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice, which came from heaven, when we were with him on the holy mountain. Mm. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God, spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, I want to point something out real quick, right? So, in the, the first section of Scripture we read, 12 through 15, right? Yes. Peter is explaining the why he is being so diligent or not being negligent, to remind them, right, of all those things that he's, he's taught them. And here, there's a kind of a shift or a transition into giving them facts and explaining, uh, I almost want to say justifying, if you will, how and why they can know that they know, right, of the things that they have been taught are true. Hmm. Does anybody, anybody else see that now? Mm-hmm. So, so he shifts and then, or transitions to, not, th- not that we have to justify, right? Um, the Lord already does that for, especially for his son, Jesus Christ, right? Yes. Uh, and through, through the Spirit, or in those things that he justified, he also glorified, Right? Talking about Christ. So you see that here, but Peter is giving a testimony and reiteration of, no, remember and recall these things, right? Just like we were talking about with Moses. Remember these things. Examine them, right? Don't forget. Remind yourself of them. So we see Peter reminding them, not just of what they were taught previously, but also the, you see the why listed here. Got that? Yes. Any questions on it? No. Okay. Anyone else want to share what the Holy Spirit's ministering to them? I do. Okay. Um, Just very quickly, verses 20 and 21 says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That's... um, important that we remember that oftentimes we'll get confused and we'll misspeak unfortunately but it's the holy spirit that brings the prophecy don't try to do it yourself and try to prophesy of yourself and just pull something out of your brain and go ah this sounds prophetic like samuel so i'm gonna say it but if he tells you something go ahead and say it and do do exactly what it is god told you to do but if he's not saying it, be silent. It's okay to be silent and not talk at all. Mommy and dad told me tell me that all the time. <laughs> if you're not going to talk by the Holy Spirit, don't talk at all. Mm. It is more profitable that 
we as believers stay silent when we are not being instructed anything in the moment by the Holy Spirit than to talk of our own selves because that will be causing the little ones to stumble, which Jesus said it's better that the millstone be thrown around this person's neck and they're cast into the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So if you feel like you're prophesying or that you should be, first check with the Holy Spirit and ask him if that's what he's asking you to do. Because sometimes you might think God is asking you to do something and it's really you talking. (laughs) And you want to check and make sure that it's actually him speaking so that you stay in step with him and you're able to accomplish all that he's asking you to do and that you're also helping and edifying others that you're supposed to be teaching. Okay. Well, amen. Proverbs ten nineteen says, And the multitude of words sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Um, oops, sorry. So I think we're, we're kind of branching into two different, um, two slightly different but mm-hmm. um, complementary areas here. I think Peter in this section is referring to um, the prophets and the scriptures that they were looking at, which would be the Torah, because as we, as we're for them, this was being written for us. We're looking back and it's all been done, but to them, this was in the midst of coming forth. But what they had was the Torah and which when Jesus was raised from the dead, he came back and explained the law and the prophets concerning himself to the disciples so what he's looking at is going, the scripture is true. Everything that is said about Jesus is true. And what you're talking about is operating in the gifts of the spirit, yes. which is um, like a word of wisdom or word of knowledge. Prophecy, there's prophecy in its basic sense. And then there's the, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, part of the prophetic voice. That's God saying, I'm telling you forth what's coming, things of that nature, how to operate in a specific situation. So the basic sense of prophecy is for edification, right? Um, and encouragement. And so with all things, the Bible also says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. God is not the author of confusion. So when a word is coming forth, like if it's given by the Holy Spirit, everybody should be quiet and one should speak and the other sit by and judge, right? But yes. all things should be done decently and in order. So we're talking about two slightly different um, perspectives on prophecy and then couple in there. They're all, they're all false prophets. They say, thus saith the Lord, and they are not speaking by the spirit of God. They're speaking by their flesh or the spirit of the enemy. Um, so discerning that, we'll put that to the side for the moment. We'll come to that shortly as we continue to go um, through the scriptures. But in this, you are absolutely right. We do have to be aware that our flesh if it's not been buffeted and kept into subjection of the knowledge of christ and subdued to the holy spirit's will in his presence or in subjugation to him then it is liable to go yeah well i got something to say about that and i can say thus saith the lord if and what comes after that is completely in the flesh um so i, I appreciate you saying that layla to to remind us that we should be speaking as the oracles of God. Mm-hmm. We say what we hear our Father saying, or the Holy Spirit is who's our, he's our conduit, if you will. He's the one who helps us and makes known to us the will and the presence of the Lord, right? And the, yes. the will of Jesus Christ, who's the will of the Father, is being declared to us through the Holy Spirit. So listening to him to hear what he has to say and making sure we stay in alignment with that. And if he's not speaking, don't try to generate things of your own will and just to be, remain silent. Like the, the prophet, you remember the one that God told him to go deliver this message to the king? Don't eat bread, don't drink water. Yes. Deliver it and leave and don't go by the same way that you came. And he was on that track and that journey. And then the other one, who was a false prophet, especially in the moment, came and said, oh, the Lord sent me and told me this message. And he sounded like he had all the right attributes and told the man to come back even when the man had already been told by god do not eat or drink in this place and then the devil came through someone else to tempt him with the very thing which god said not to do sounds familiar right adam and eve in the garden um with that very thing and the man stumbled because there was something in him 
right? Each man is yes. tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust. That was no different then than it is now. Came back, ate and drank with the man after God had explicitly told him not to. Then the man had a real word from the Lord and said, oh, since you've done this, now you're going to be eaten and it's going to meet you on the road and you're going to die right there. And this is going to be your outcome, which is just what God had said. So initially. So um, we know that we shouldn't lie. We shouldn't say God said something if he did not say that. Right? Yes. And if he is telling us to say something, then we should be obedient, as you pointed out. And we should hear the matter from the Holy One and hear what he wants us to say. How does he want it to come forth? And what does he want done? Because we have time for that. And he's willing to provide that information as we give him the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then we do that in excellence. We minister that word in the spirit of grace and love and peace and excellence of the Holy Spirit, right in fellowship and communion with him. So, Mm -hmm. amen. That's really good, Layla. What else? Oh, and I'm sorry, let me say this. In verse 21, this prophecy is talking about the scripture that was breathed through the Holy Spirit that is profitable for edification and reproof and and doctrine. So um, there's that as well. Promise you got something? Yes. Well, let's hear it, sir. So let's bring to my attention verse 16. Where it said, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eye but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Mm-hmm. The Lord showed that what when Peter said that it's also you not playing along with the Lord. What do you mean? Not Lord. Playing along with the world. Okay. Me- meaning like going Oh, yeah, I know the Lord said this, but, like, you gave the example of the the prophet and kings, and that the false prophet came and told him, that the Lord told him, go eat bread and water at his, eat bread and drink water at his place, Mm -hmm. that it's, that you go, well, I know the Lord didn't say that because the Lord previously told me himself that don't go eat bread and water at this place. Mm-hmm. And also, I'd like to bring you to James 4. Okay. <laughs> James 4.17. And it says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do, to him is sin. Mm-hmm. So you can see that playing along the world is, even though a person may see, go, well, that's not sin because the Lord didn't say that in his word. But right here, he literally just said that. Amen. We are accountable for what the Lord says to us, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. We are Okay, go ahead, baby. I'm sorry. And not what the Lord says to the other people. Right. So we are accountable to the word of God, this written word that we have in our possession. We are accountable to the Bible. And we are accountable to what Jesus, the Holy, through the Holy Spirit, ministers to us. And the Holy Spirit tells us. Right? Just yes. like that man, that's a very clear distinction because we have the ability to go. When somebody says, hey, the Lord told me to tell you to come back. She should have said, hold on. Jesus, Holy Spirit, right? Because the same spirit that gave him the word was able to bring clarification on the inside of him. Because you might go, well, I don't want to miss something if God's saying, change your course. Or, you know, he may say that at times. Like he told um, initially Nathan. Let's go with Abraham, right? Sacrifice his own son. And then he said, no, we're good. You've already already completed it. Right? There are times where he sends, you know, Direction, then he goes, okay, now do this, now do that. That's fine. But at all times, just like what Adam and Eve in the garden, he expected that they come back and ask him. Uh-huh. And if he says nothing, then that meant stay with the first word he gave you. He didn't change direction or change his mind. Okay? Yes, ma'am. So, um, you know, 
it's as we live in this natural world, it's an impossibility that we will not be presented the opportunity to sin and to disobey God. It's an impossibility because if there is not another option, there is no choice. There is, in fact, no choice. If I stick one bag mm-hmm. of Skittles in front of you and say, do you want Skittles or do you want Skittles? <laughs> Skittles is the only option. You could say nothing, but if you had to eat something and I only offered you Skittles and that all there was was Skittles to eat, you don't really have a choice. It's Skittles, right? Um, so likewise, we have the choice to choose life, mm-hmm. choose God in his way, or choose the enemy. And if it's not a direct choice to choose God, by default, because there's no neutral. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in what came to my mind is the scriptures um, and the gospel where they were talking about Jesus, these, this man is over here casting out demons, but he's not in our group. And Jesus said, leave him alone. Leave him be. Leave him alone. If he's not against us, He's for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but you see, even in that was a choice. The man, even though he wasn't in that group, decided, I see what the Lord wants and I want to be a part of that. I'm partaking of that with him. I believe what God said. Even though he wasn't in the disciple crew, I'm making air quotes, even though he wasn't a part of their, their group, he was still a part of, he agreed with the will and the word of God. Which clearly. clearly was being ministered to him by the Holy Spirit because how else would he come to that? Amen. Right, Jesus was showing and teaching and training and equipping his disciples to do those things, and he also sent them out to do those things. But here's an individual that was not part of their group that was already doing and moving forward in those things. Where would he have received that instruction except by the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So even in that, that man made a decision for the Lord. And he was not, there was no neutral, and he wasn't in opposition to the Lord. Okay? So I want to tie it all together here. Um, Thank you, man. Because there's been a lot of great points. And we've talked about the prophetic word and false prophets and, and all those things, right? So we're going to, and then, of course, what Peter is saying in this. And he he's saying a lot of different things but he's also referencing a very specific and key event. And uh, we know it as the transfiguration. All right. So uh, let's turn to that, to Luke. Uh, We'll give, we'll just go with Luke's account, um, which is in Luke chapter nine, verses 28 through 36. And I want to read it so we can, fully understand what happened and then we're going to discuss a couple things in there right it begins at Matthew or Luke excuse me 928 uh, actually can I get a volunteer to read that I don't <coughs> all right Layla please <coughs> um, it says now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter John and James and went up on the mountain to pray As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened as they were parting from him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. But they kept quiet and told no one in those days any of the things they had seen. Mm-hmm. So, in this uh, section of Scripture in Peter, this section of Scripture in Luke is what he is reflecting on clearly and utilizing as we were ta- discussing earlier about uh, he's testifying of it, but then also utilizing it to justify all the things that he has poured in 
to really all who would listen and come into the knowledge of the Lord, right? And that he was, again, pouring in to, to train, encourage, equip, admonish, and, and build up in the faith, mm-hmm. right? So and while that's happening, there's some, some key things here because he's reflecting on, on some things. And I want to, so I want to first focus on who else was there, right? And it says Moses and Elijah. Mm-hmm. Why does, why Moses and Elijah of all the people, right? The, I mean, in the entirety of the word, the gospel, the, the Old Testament, especially, why those two? Can anyone tell me? Well, because they were, they knew Moses, they were respecting him. I mean, this is probably part of it. Yes. And, but Elijah, they were still waiting to come. Mm, yes. So, as, as you pointed out, honey, prophecy. All right, and that's what's been pointed out here and discussed today. Prophecy. Elijah was there because Malachi prophesied of this. All right. In Malachi 4, chapter 4, verse really 5 and 6, but the emphasis being on 5, it says this, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So you see in there, they were waiting on Elijah. And now here he is. They recognized him. But in Matthew's account of the Mount of Transfiguration, which is in Matthew chapter 17, right? Jesus addresses them. Um, it's really verses 10 through 13. So if I get a volunteer to read that real quick. This is immediately following the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, Matthew 17, 10 through... Uh, 10 through 13, please. I got it. And his disciples asked him, saying... Why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Jesus answered and said to them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already, and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. So, and we, we've discussed that here before, right? That clearly John the Baptist was not Elijah, but came in the same spirit of Elijah, right? So, so we see that, yes, the Lord himself stated, Elijah already came, right? In other words, I don't have to wait for him again. But also, there is an Elijah coming before the terrible day of the Lord, right? But then we have to look at the other person, Moses, why Moses? Again, prophecy. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 18, please. And could I get a volunteer to read verses 15 through 19? The emphasis being on verse 18. I'll read it 15 through 19. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear according to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, What they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. Hmm. So, let me get back to my spot here in Luke, right? Okay. So do you understand why Moses now? Or maybe not. So let's read one, one verse here. Um, after Moses and Elijah appear, the cloud comes, 
right? And then in verse, and this is Luke 9, verse 35, says this, a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Right? So out of the, the three people, right, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, remember how they were waiting for these people, right? You have the prophetic word given, confirming, um, or given to Moses. You have the prophetic word given concerning Elijah. And now here stands the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord, the Father, makes a distinction and says, no, hear him. Right? Stating they're different. Now, they, they didn't understand it. They missed it at that time, right? But that's what he's, Peter is referencing here in verse 6 or 17, right? Saying, hey, this wasn't a cleverly or cunningly devised fable, but he received from God the Father honor and glory. That's talking about Jesus received honor and glory from the Father when a voice came and said, it came to him from the excellent glory, right? This is the cloud, right? That clearly they were afraid of. And then said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So the Lord makes a distinction. Yes, the other people were, were great men of faith, but Jesus is different. He's the Messiah. He's the Messiah, right? Which was Peter's confession also, By right? the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. exactly. So, of course, Peter, and, and this is, uh, I'm going to borrow this from a <laughs> dear brother in Christ, Pastor Ron, right? He says that Peter has, has wrestled with this or, or reflected on this for all this time, 30-something years, right? And, and it, it's like he had a candle, which is light. But in verse 19, he says, now we have the prophetic word confirmed, right? Which you will do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. All right, you may have a candle or a flashlight or whatever the case is. All right, it's just a, it's a very, it's, it's light, but it's small. And then what Peter here is saying is, the Lord came and now it's daylight. Okay, I still have this candle or this flashlight or whatever it is, but it doesn't do a whole lot of good in comparison. A candle in a bright room is not really needed. Not needed, right? <laughs> it's only it's still yours. It, it's yours to have for all time. But now it's been made manifest or more sure, right? And and I love how Peter is using and reflecting on this, but also then sharing now with others. Because it says at the time, they didn't share what they saw, right? But now he's sharing and he's discussing it. It's been... It's been time for the Holy Spirit to bring it to him and to minister to him, giving him a full re revelation of those things. And he still was moving forward in all the things that he had been taught by the Lord, right, during his earthly ministry. But now it has been made more sure in him, written on the tablet of his heart. And he is sharing that with others and utilizing it to, yes, testify of the Lord, and then also, hey, I'm a, this is this is justification of who the Lord is, right? Yes. So I, I love this because you know it's. I'm not saying Peter just came to this at this point in his life, but clearly he is. He, I'll say, it, it has such a, a profound impact that now he is he's decided to share it towards the end of his life. You know there. Are, there are many things, even, you know, like we were talking, whether it was my Pepe or whatever the case is, that you find out, or even our own parents, so many things that they did or they were a part of or things that, that happened that they got to experience that they didn't really discuss throughout life for whatever reason. But then towards the end, then is the or uh, whether it's the opportunity, they took advantage of the opportunity that they share so many other things. Right, so many deeper things and experiences and how it impacted them and changed them. And, and I love this one because this is clearly about, it, it is a, a physical thing that happened, clearly. But Peter is going over the spiritual impl implications 
but confirmations behind it, mm-hmm. which, which I think is incredible and fascinating mm-hmm. and definitely applies to us today. Amen. And it's, you know, it's not a slight against Peter to say that he's, he's coming to these things at this, this point in his life. Because God will implant and impart something to us deeply that our spirit man understands. Uh-huh. The awakened and alive spirit on the inside of us comprehends it. But it may take time for that, that um, the other parts, that soul, to fully understand what it is that God imparted. And you may have that moment where you're like, oh, I heard this all this time, Lord. You said this to me. I've had this happen in my own life. And I was like, I get it now. Now I understand you. And some of those seeds as they are growing deep in you long before you ever see the, the head of it start to spring forward, right? It's growing down deep. It has an appointed time that that word is to come forth and be what it's supposed to be, what God gave it to you and designed it for you to be. And we already know that before we call God answers, Uh right? God knew that he assigned Peter and the other disciples that were with them to be witnesses of him and all of Judea and the world. He already knew that. So he, impart it to them the information the experiences the life and the light that they were going to need to fulfill that purpose that god gave them likewise he's done that in us he's gave he's given you the word he's imparted and implanted in you the witness that you will need as you begin as you fulfill his call on your life and you know I don't think God looks to bonk us upside the head and go, mm, you, you're not measuring up again. Here's my measuring stick. Look how you didn't meet it. God doesn't feel that way about us. And he also understands how to get us where we need to go. Exactly. And, and, and as we pointed out, he gives us the prophetic word to minister to us, to, to build us up, to encourage us and all those things. And even in this, Peter is saying, we've had this prophetic word for all this time. Mm-hmm. All right, from Deuteronomy, from the days of Moses, mm-hmm. we've had this prophetic word. And we see other prophetic words given. Right? They had the Old Testament uh, by this point. Right? So they had it. And he's saying, there's what Peter is, is in essence saying, there is no way these men could have stated the things that they stated without being moved by the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit revealing it to them for our benefit mm-hmm. all this time later. Mm-hmm. Did it also impact them in the in the interim or in the moment? Absolutely. It sure did because it gave them hope and something to look forward to. And Peter's saying, we've seen the word confirmed. Mm-hmm. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and also confirming that these others were in fact prophets. And they prophesied accurately. Mm-hmm. And this is who they were speaking about. Amen. Amen. So, so there's a lot in there, but <laughs> there is. So We know the Jews held Moses and Elijah in high esteem. In very high esteem. But nobody compares to Jesus. The Father made it very clear. Amen. This is my beloved son. Mm-hmm. Believe him. That's right. Amen. All right. Uh, who'd like to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, let Charles. Well, I just thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you that she had continued to be with us, Lord, and that you had continued to give us knowledge, Lord, even if we don't understand it in the moment, Lord, but that you continue to share it with us, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for giving us a purpose and just allowing us to move throughout your world, Lord, and learn more about you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listeners, bless the hearers of your word, Jesus. Mm, Amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.